Verse 1 of Acts 3 says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes on him with John, said, Look on us. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which was set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which uh, was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Look at chapter 4 and verse number 22. Look at how long this man had been in this condition, lame from his mother's womb. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing, the scripture tells us, was showed. Would you bow with me as we pray together? Father, thank you now for this good number that's come to the house of God on Mother's Day. Thank you for our mothers. Thank you for what this day represents. Now I pray, Lord, bless the reading of your word. I pray that you'll anoint the message and me as your messenger tonight. Use me for your glory. And I'll just say thank you for what you're going to do. Save some precious soul and touch all of your children. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And you may be seated. I want to preach on the subject, samples on display. Here was a man that they had seen 40 years now. He'd been in this shape. But they had seen what faith and prayer can accomplish in this man's life. The Bible said they greatly wondered at what had taken place. Thank God for this miracle that's brought to our attention. Three simple things I want to bring to your attention from this story. Number one, from verse number two, I want to look at the observation of the man. Let's look at this man that had been here for so long a time. The Bible tells us in verse number two, and a certain lame, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried 
whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Here I can see disability. Here is life without liberty. Truly, this man was alive, but he had no liberty to go and do as he would like to have done. Here's life without liberty. I'm afraid that's a picture of many people in our Baptist churches in this day. They've got life without liberty. And if they ever get anywhere spiritually, somebody has got to carry them to that place. Amen? I can see here disability. But also as I look at this story, I can see familiarity. Here's a man that had been brought daily and laid here at this gate at the temple called Beautiful. No doubt in my mind that he was familiar with the activities of the temple. He knew what was going on inside. He recognized when people brought those little lambs by what they were going to do. He recognized when that mom and dad with that little eight-day-old baby had come in with two turtle doves, what they were going to do in that temple. He was acquainted with the activities of the temple. The only problem was he just never did anything to make those activities take place. What a picture of our day in the lives of many people. Not only do I believe he was acquainted with the activities of the temple, but I believe also he was acquainted with the attendees of the temple. Those who passed him by, no doubt in my mind. When some of them would come by, he'd call them by their first name. Good to see you today. No doubt some would come by to him and ask how it was going. Did he get enough to take care of his daily needs that day? He knew the people because he'd been there such a long time. He knew those that passed him by. He was familiar with all that took place around the temple. But then not only as I look at this man, do I see disability, life without liberty. Not only do I see familiarity because he'd been there so many days, but as I look at this man, I can see perplexity. I mean, here was a man, according to chapter 4 and verse 22, that was above 40 years old. And the Bible tells us that he was healed at this age. My question, and no doubt the question of the people there was, why had this not happened before? Why had it been so long in his life? There's no doubt in my mind, Jesus himself passed by this man, sitting at this very gate, making a trip into the temple during his earthly ministry. Why had this man not been healed? Here, he had sat for years without being touched, without being changed, without being challenged. 
My question is, I, I can see pastors across this country that's perplexed because week after week after week, they have folks that come into their services and they sit under the sound of the gospel, but yet they're never touched, yet they're never changed, yet they're never challenged. They're, they're just there. And that's about all it is. Oh, how perplexing it is for church folks to see people in the church where they need so much help just come week after week and yet they're not touched and changed and challenged by the word of God that's preached. That's the observation of the man. Secondly tonight, I want us to look at the operation of the ministry. What a miracle that took place. I don't know about you, but I want to know how it happened, don't you? I want to know what caused it to take place. The operation of the ministry. Well, first of all, I, I want to talk about the samples on display. Did you know that 80% of our buying is impulse buying? Did you know the retailers understand that truth? And they put out samples on display to attract you and get you to buy. I tell you what we need in Christianity today, we just need some good samples on display to reveal to those that are about us what God's wonderful, amazing grace can do in the hearts and lives of people who turn to Him. Think about it with me. We see Peter and John as they come by. Peter was a sample on display. It hadn't been long before Jesus had denied, uh, before Peter had denied the Lord Jesus three times and had wept bitterly and went out into the night. But I sure liked the message Jesus sent from the tomb when he said to Mary, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. I'm glad for a second chance, aren't you? Thank God that he don't cast us aside when we do wrong. And here he gives him another chance. And did you know just prior to this healing miracle that the apostle Peter had stood on the day of Pentecost and preached the word of God and 3,000 precious souls had got birth into the family of God? What a sample he had become of what grace could do in the life of an individual when they surrendered to Jesus Christ, the Savior. John himself was a sample on display. That's why in verse 4, Peter and John said, look on us. Hey, if you want to see Christianity in its reality, give a look over here and we'll show you what faith and prayer can accomplish in the lives of individuals. John was known for his temper. He was called 
one of the sons of thunder, hot-tempered fisherman. You, you didn't say too much to John without getting into a scrap. In fact, on one occasion, a group said to Jesus, we don't want you in our city. We don't want any miracles performed here. John said, let's just call fire down from heaven and destroy this city. Hot-tempered John. Oh, but thank God when Jesus got a hold of him. He said, John, I'm not come to destroy man's lives, but rather to save them. I have a sermon I preach on John. I call it from temper to tenderness. Oh, what a lesson God gives us in this sample of God's grace that's put on display. When God wanted you and I to know something about his love, about being close to God, you know who he chose to write it for us and give it to us? The Apostle John. Thank God he had changed him and made a sample on display out of this man's life. Also, this man that was healed became a sample on display. Why the Bible says in verse 9, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. I got a sermon I preached from this passage of scripture. I call it from limping to leaping. That's where God can carry you. I have another sermon I preach on this passage. I call it a man who asked for arms and got legs. <laughs> Amen. And oh, what a message he's giving us. Verse number 10 says, and they knew that it was he which set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at all at that which had happened unto him. Thank God he become a sample of what God's wonderful grace can accomplish in the life of an individual. Amen. Revival had broke out among the Gentile churches. And the church of Jerusalem sent Barnabas that he might go as far as Antioch and check this out. The Bible tells us upon Barnabas' arrival at Antioch that he had seen the grace of God and was glad. Got news for you? I've read a lot of books on grace I've heard a lot of sermons preached on the grace of God I've preached a lot of sermons on God's grace but I got good news there's been a few times in my life when I have seen the grace of God amen thank God for his wonderful grace that can work in our hearts and in our lives. As most of you know, honey, lift up your hand, would you? Right here, see her in the center. Ain't she pretty? 
I know how to pick them, amen? Five years ago, Evelyn was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. That's cancer of the lymph nodes. It was in its final stages. It had already gotten into the bone marrow. And as far as medical science was concerned, there wasn't much hope for her making it through. It seems that it would be terminal. But I got news for you. Thank God. Prayer and faith can still work the miraculous. Prayer and faith can still come through when medical science says there's no hope. Thank God there's still grace for those that will put their trust in Jesus. And for three years now, her cancer has been in remission. Yeah, glory to God. Thank God for his amazing grace. They opened her back up about a seven inch incision going to take out her lung. They cut one of her uh, uh, ribs in two, took about a half inch place out of it where they could get through. When they got in, they found it was lymphoma and they just sewed her back up. Didn't even repair that rib. They didn't expect her to make it through, but here she sits in the service tonight as a sample on display of what God's wonderful, amazing grace can accomplish in the life of an individual. Thank God for that reality. I can remember in my own life, 1975, I checked into a hospital here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, hemorrhaging tremendously. I checked in on Monday, and on Wednesday I began to hemorrhage so bad, they thought they had lost me. I heard them talking. They said, he don't have any pulse. There's no heartbeat, he's gone. And I thought to myself, no, no, I'm still here. The doctor came in and uh, revived me, and they put me in intensive care. And on Friday of that same week, the doctor came into my room in intensive care. And he said, preacher, been studying your case for three days. And I've been getting a lot of calls from folks that are my patients that know you. And they say, you better take care of the preacher. And he said, preacher, I've been studying your case and he said, there's a huge hole in the bottom of your stomach. Your pancreas is affected. And I'm going to have to do surgery, move most of your stomach, and remove your pancreas. I said, well, doc, whatever you think I need, you, I'm just leaving it in your hands. And he said, we'll set up the surgery for Monday. I said, you know, doc, I, I've not had that much complication with this. He said, you know, that's... The next thing I want to talk to you about, from all indications, what you have is cancer. It eats the nerves up ahead of itself that you don't know it until you're eaten up with it. He set up surgery for it Monday morning, but on Sunday, churches across this country prayed for me. 
They asked God to touch me. That afternoon, I called my family around the bed and I said, I just heard from God. And he told me to tell you everything's going to be all right. And I go on the next morning to x-ray, I promised I'd have never went to surgery. When that doctor opened my stomach, you, it's on record at Park Ridge Hospital. When that doctor opened my stomach, there was not even a sore on the bottom of my stomach. And my pancreas was in perfect working order. You say, preacher, that doctor made a misdiagnosis. No, 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 no. He'd studied those x-rays three days. I'll tell you what, another doctor had paid me a visit on Sunday before he got there on Monday. And that doctor doesn't even leave any scars when he does surgery. Thank God. I'm glad God's still on the throne. I'm glad that God's grace is still available for those that will put their trust in him. And thank God we can become samples on display to this world that's about us, about God's wonderful, amazing grace. Hallelujah in this walk of life. Thank God. Here we have samples on display. I could come to you tonight across this audience and get testimony after testimony how God's grace has brought you through. What God's grace has done in your life. Thank God the most wonderful example of his grace is when he saved us. By his wonderful grace. Amen. Oh, I'll tell you, dear friend, God saved me, turned my life totally around. And isn't that just like he works? You quoted it tonight, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Hallelujah tonight. And behold, all things are become new. I'll have to admit to you, when I went back on my job on Friday after I got saved on Thursday night, I went back in trembling and fear. I was afraid I'd slip up and curse. I was afraid when some of the guys started telling dirty jokes, I'd join in. But hallelujah, I walked in that morning and I said, I want to tell you what happened to me last night. I got saved by the matchless, marvelous grace of God. I like that term, terminology, don't you? I didn't just make a decision. Hallelujah. I got saved by the marvelous grace of God. And friend, I'm glad there's still a few samples on display of God's wonderful, amazing grace in this walk of life. I must move on. Not only did we see the samples on display, but the secret was described. I like his secret. He said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
That was the secret. It all was done in Jesus' name. I read about this fella who went into this place of business was robbing this woman. He pointed a pistol in her face and said, your life is in my hand. I either say you live or die. And she looked at him and with boldness she said, oh no, my life's not in your hands. It's in God's hands. I've got Acts 2.38. That fella turned and ran. When they caught him, they said, why did you run from that woman with a gun in your hand? He said, man, she told me she had an axe and two (laughs) thirty-eights. Amen. Glory to God tonight. We got something better than an axe and two thirty-eights. We've got the precious word of God. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we can operate in the ministry in this walk of life and see miracle after miracle take place in our day. Thank God for that reality. The secret was described. It was in the name of Jesus. And then the strength was delivered. Now I want you to get this. There had to be a sample here for it to work. Peter said to him, arise and walk. He said, what happened? Not a thing. Nothing took place. No doubt that man thought in his mind, now wait a minute. Does he think I'm a phony? Did he, they, they, did he, these fellows not see them bring me over here and lay me down that I can't walk? But look at what it says in verse 7. Now he said in verse 5, I say unto thee, arise and walk. When he didn't start getting up, Peter reasoned got him. He wanted to show him. Thank God that it works. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood. Thank God for what God can do for us. Thank God for his amazing grace that he has to us. And then third and finally, as I've said many times, please don't get too excited because I said finally. <laughs> what kind of preaching y'all like around here? <laughs> Woo, I like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Paul said in Philippians 3.1, finally, brethren, he was exactly half finished. Two more chapters yet to go, Amen. <laughs> But number three, not only did I want you to see the observation of the man, the operation of the ministry, but I want you to look with me at the outcome of the miracle. What happened because of this miracle? I love this. First, you know, in this man's life, there was no thrill. There was no expectancy. There was no excitement. Then all of a sudden, Walking, leaping, and praising God. Woo, what a change. 
took place in his life. But I want you to see it. In chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, the first thing I want you to see as the outcome of this miracle, the critics were silenced. Boy, God's got his way of shutting the devil's mouth, hasn't he? Amen. I mean, he can shut it up quick. Look at chapter 4, verse 14. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. When God puts his touch on it, it silences the critics. God did it. I was in a camp meeting one time, I'll never forget it. Brother Ed Blue was moderating. There's a fellow, we call him the road runner. He run, boy, he'd run them aisles. I seen him run across the top of the pews. Now, they're sitting on the ground. Wasn't even fastened down. But he run around that place about twice, come up on the stage, jumped up on top of the pulpit and turned to flip right out in the middle. Brother Blue said to that crowd, now folks, if anybody don't believe God was in that, you come try it. <laughs> Amen. I wouldn't want to try that. Amen. But, but look here. I mean, the critics were silenced. Nothing they could say. And then look at chapter 4 and verse number 4. I love this outcome. And I'll tell you what. When there are samples on display, when God's grace is seen, this is what will happen. The church was increased. Amen? And as sure as you're here tonight, the church will be increased when the miraculous hand of God moves among us. A crowd gathered because of this miracle. Peter took advantage of it and just preached to them. I, I tell you the kind of preacher I am, I'm the kind of preacher who'll preach at the drop of the hat and drop the hat myself. Amen? Praise God. And, and that's what Peter was. And verse 4 said, How be it? Many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Hallelujah. 5,000 souls got in as the outcome of this miracle that took place at the gate called Beautiful of Solomon's Temple. God can still work if we'll just become samples on display. But not only was the critic silence in the church increased, but the Christian was strengthened. There was joy in that place. Brother Jeff said it tonight so well. He said, man, when I leave this place, I'm charged up. Amen. As Billy Kelly said, boy, I can get in a good Holy Ghost service and charge hell with a water pistol. Amen. 
Oh, thank God when we come together and there's joy in the midst. That's what makes it real. That's what strengthens you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, the Savior. To become a sample, we need to have more joy on exhibition. Give you this illustration and I'll be finished. Heard about this employer that brought one of his employees to a revival service. They were having morning services. And in those days, in the morning service, they always had testimonies. Then the preacher would preach. And he brought this unsaved employee with him, hoping that he'd be saved. When they had the testimony meeting, the employer got up. He began to weep. He said, folks, I need your prayers. I want you all to pray for me. I'm having it so hard. He said, it's just so hard out there to live a Christian life. He said, I'm having it rough every day. He said, I am. The preacher got up and preached and gave the invitation and the employer turned to the employee and said, would you like to go down this morning? He said, well, sir, when I come this way, I fully intended to go down and get saved. But after your testimony, I already have enough trouble. I don't need any more. And I'm afraid that's the kind of testimony we're giving to people. We need to exhibit something they don't possess. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We just need to exhibit more of it in our day-by-day living. Would you stand please with your heads bowed, your eyes closed in the service tonight. Thank you for your attention.